0: Welcome back to Deja View, the show where I talk about films and their lasting impacts. I am your host, Sydney Brumfield, and this is my sixth and final episode in my series focusing on the genre of comedy. That's really weird to say. <laughs> Today, I am joined by comedy legend, Massey Williams.
1: Hello, I'm, I'm Massey Williams. I use she, her pronouns. Uh, I'm a senior here at IC. I am an English major and a politics minor. I'm the president of the uh, Sketch Comedy Club here on campus. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm part of a uh, stand-up club also, and uh, Acadi, the improv troupe.
0: You're just all over the place in the comedy world. Yeah. Today, Massey has picked out that we are going to end my series on the genre of black or dark comedy. And to do so, she has selected that we talk about the 2004 film, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead is directed by Edgar Wright, and is written by Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright, who also, if you know any of their other work, have done uh, hot fuzz together, and Edgar Wright, of course, has gone on to do other things, but those are the two projects they've done together. A quick summary of the film, for those of you who have not had the pleasure of watching Shaun of the Dead, like Massey and I have, Shaun and his best friend since primary school, Ed, are creatures of habit. Every day they wake up, go to work, go to the shops, and end their nights at their favorite pub, The Winchester. Sean's world is abruptly shook to its core when, in the span of 24 hours, his girlfriend Liz breaks off their three-year relationship because she can't stand the mundane ritual of their life. Oh, and the zombie apocalypse begins. (laughs) Massey, why did you select this film for us to talk about today?
1: Well, I, I simply love this film. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. Um... The zo- zombie subgenre of comedy films is something that I surprisingly really like. Mm-hmm. I also, I'm also a big fan of Zombieland mm-hmm. and other other things in that vein. Um, I think that it's just a great format for telling really funny, like, dark humor stories. Um, and uh, I think Shaun of the Dead does it the best. I really love it.
0: I wholeheartedly agree. For those of you listening who don't know, the subgenre of black or dark comedy uh, is defined as comedies that have bleak, sometimes nihilistic viewpoints. Massey, do you think *Shaun of the Dead* encapsulates this well?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, it, I mean, it takes place during the zombie apocalypse. It can't get more uh, more dark than that. Yeah. I mean zombie media has kind of seen we've seen some of the like most dark most depressing most terrifying Mm -hmm. uh, uh, stories ever and so like any setting that takes place in that world of a zombie apocalypse is going to naturally be very bleak and nihilistic but also there's a lot of room for humor in that Mm -hmm. um, because it is kind of a trope it is kind of there is so much zombie media out there that that uh, has kind of defined a lot of pop culture. Um, yeah, so it definitely fits that.
0: I feel like we have to talk about, like, how hard it is, though, especially nowadays, as the subgenre has progressed to make good, like, dark comedy films. I feel like so much it's, like, it's just, like, sarcastic throwaways, or just, like, monotone deliveries, but it's, like, this film is just, like, Every element of it works for me in this subgenre. Uh, I think, especially like it makes you laugh just as hard as it's like pulling on your heartstrings at times because you know your yeah. life, your characters' lives are at stake. It's the zombie apocalypse. You know, stuff is going to go downhill pretty quickly, and I think it just handles the two sides of like the things that compose uh, dark comedy so gracefully. And I think being able to handle it gracefully is like just, just such a crucial element of this subgenre.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think that Shaun of the Dead really, like, embraces the bleak and nihilistic uh, aspect of it, but it never lets it overwhelm mm-hmm. the characters or the story. It always, like, has a very... It always has a lighthearted tone and mm-hmm. a lighthearted outlook on it, even when people are, like, you know, dying around them. Yeah. Um, and I think just be- the the way that the script works makes it so that the... The audience never really feels overwhelmed mm-hmm. by all the bleak stuff in it, um, and also I think what helps is a lot of slapstick comedy because that's what yeah. zombie comedies are good at. Mm-hmm. Is like taking these this gore, taking the uh, the violence and bringing it up to the extreme and making and and trying to get some humor out of that as well. And Shaun of the Dead also does that very well. So
0: yes, you say that, and I think of. It, it's like the the peak point of the conflict of you know the zombies coming for the last of our group of survivors, and it is terrifying. It they is. are they are trapped it's in the win- They are trapped in the Winchester. Zombies breaking through the boards they've put up, crashing through the windows, and Queen starts playing because they t- <laughs> they flipped the fuse box to get power, and the jukebox starts playing. It's on shuffle, and of course the writing is so brilliant that that's foreshadowed when they're in the the pub originally. Um, start
1: killing zombies to, to Queen, Queen.
0: <laughs> not just to, <laughs> to Queen. To the rhythm, to the rhythm of Queen. It With is
1: pool cues.
0: <laughs> it's beautifully <laughs> choreographed, and I think you're exactly right. It just it manages to utilize the slapstick elements of this. You know, an interesting thing is I feel like this film came out pre, I don't know what what to call it, but like the peak zombie interest yeah like this this movie came out in 2004 that's i was surprised but that's six years before the walking dead came out which i feel like really solidified you know like the resurgence of zombies in media Mm -hmm. um because then we've gone on to have um the first one that comes to my mind is the the dead don't die with bill murray (laughs) and adam driver (laughs) um but so 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 many zombie films and i think um just when this film came out, it set a precedent for what to expect from zombies in our media. And I appreciated that it was consistent.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was, it was both like, it it was both very reminiscent of older style Mm -hmm. zombie media, as in it's a lot of practical effects, a lot of cheesy practical effects, Mm -hmm. a lot of like slow shambolic zombies as opposed to like the really like fast zombies and like, like terrifying zombies that we see in more recent media mm-hmm. and also but it makes it its own as well mm-hmm. with the whole the zombies retain their their uh their previous habits. That was uh, the coolest thing. Yeah. No, it, it 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 it's great because I I can't think of a, another piece of zombie media where the zombies maintain a level of their personality even yeah. after they become zombies. Uh in a way that also fits with the theme of, like, daily routine and, yeah. like, doing what, like, or, 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 like, going throughout your day just mindless and uh, how that's, and the parallels between that and being a zombie.
0: Yeah, I think the fascinating thing is you get to the resolution of this film and you're like, oh, so after, like, the initial... Like fear of this, nobody's life has really changed all that much. It's true. Even though they're zombies, like they just continue to fill the mold within society. And I just thought that was brilliant.
1: Like the 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 people who were checking out people at the grocery store are still checking people out at the grocery (laughs) store grocery store, except now that they're (laughs) zombies. Now they're zombies. Yeah. Um, Uh,
0: It's just. I mean. I think that just beautifully touches upon how I personally think exquisite the, the writing is in this film i know like you and i spoke about this before recording yeah. like everything is so deliberate and precise mm-hmm. there are no not that i mean i would i w- would wish this is the, the precedent in all of the media we consume that there are no throwaway lines there's no just like little jabs to make you laugh and it's like this film is like working on an intellectual level to like utilize very silly comedy mm-hmm. to make you laugh in like the darkest of times and it does it so 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 well
1: yeah and it's clever while still being noticeable like because i feel yeah. like a, lo- a lot of scripts you have to like go back over and either read it or watch the movie again in order to understand a lot of the connections mm-hmm. but like with Shaun of the dead the cleverness of the script is you can see it from the very first Mm -hmm. time watching just because, like, it's so memorable. The lines in it, like, stick in your head and Mm -hmm. then you're able to notice a lot of connections between, like, what happens early in the script, what happens later in Mm -hmm. the script, before and after the zombie apocalypse. Like, how are things the same? How are things different? Yeah, Uh, It's it's very, very well done. I I love it.
0: And I think the old college friend yvonne and all the interactions with her character and sean show that so so well in every they have three interactions in the film one in the first act one a little bit past halfway through the second act and then one in the third act they say the same lines to each other but each time it carries such drastically different meaning intention and like weight yeah. with it that it's just like oh it's so it she goes um, Sean, like, good Come to see you. Yay. How are you? And just surviving. And it's like oh, the first... Surviving. <laughs> yeah. The first one, it's like, you're surviving in this, like, mundane capitalistic landscape where, of course, nothing is happening. Then halfway through, they have their mirroring squads of people and yeah. they're, you know... One of my favorite parts of the movie. It's so funny. They're both, you know, surviving the apocalypse. And then at the end, like, you know...
1: Everyone's em- dead. Everyone
0: is dead. <laughs> And the
1: Army has rolled up.
0: Yeah, and you know, um, they're surviving, and she responds with, "Oh, like Liz is here. at least one of us made it like in reference to, you know, yeah. they're still like together and just oh, it's it's so, oh, it's so, so good. good. Um, another fun, fun fact uh, I kind of just wanted to bring up is, There's a lot of, and you you mentioned this in like, you get into this world and the beginning has so much foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Um, There's even like foreshadowing in the dialogue. And I feel like us watching it, like we we saw that where it's like, you know, Ed has the one line where he's like, what, it's not the end of the world. It's
1: not
0: the end of the world. But there's even a more deliberate one that I kind of wanted to tell you about. Um, So right after Sean gets dumped by Liz, they go to, of course, the Winchester. Yeah. And they're there, and Ed is suggesting, you know, what they're going to do the next day, and so he goes, "All right, we'll have a bloody Mary first thing," and then um, they they kill the first zombie. They kill the next morning. Her name is Mary. Uh, a bite of the king's head, and Sean's stepdad Philip gets his head bitten off. Um, a couple at the little princess, and they pick up uh, Liz, David, and Diane, uh, Liz's friends, and then stagger back here which is, like, an imi- like a, a reference to how, you know, they, they act like zombies to get to where the Winchester is. And then, bang, back at the bar for shots. And they use, like, a shotgun to kill the zombies yeah. in the final round.
1: That's so interesting because I never noticed that. <laughs> but it's so obvious when you think about it. Yeah. Because they make a point to, like, say, oh, this, this zombie in our backyard, oh, her name is Mary. She's got a name tag on. Her name is Mary. And I never (laughs) made the connection between, like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Bloody Mary first thing in the morning, and then they kill a zombie named Mary. Like, that seems so obvious.
0: (laughs) But, and I think if that just goes for, like, all of the intentional elements of this film don't hit you over the head. Yeah. I mean, even as we've, like, briefly mentioned, like, the societal implications of, like, commentating on, um, you know, the mundanity of life and capitalism and being just a cog in the machine, I don't feel like ever hit you over the head. It's yeah. like if you pick up on it, you can enjoy it. But otherwise, you know, just sit back and watch a zombie movie. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like like the very first few shots of the movie mm-hmm. where everyone's just like going about their daily routine. You see, peop- you see cashiers just like mindlessly checking people out. You see people on the bus just like, just like heads down at their phones, you see a group of teenagers all walking in and, and like bop into the same song down yeah. the street and it's like when you see that, it's like, okay you're setting up just like this very boring, mundane town mm-hmm. but it is a, a lot deeper than that, it's like, oh these people are already zombies even before they became zombies, they're yeah. just shambling through life mindlessly yeah. Um. and same thing with Sean, our main character, which the next shot is him, like, walking through his kitchen, like, rubbing his eyes, like, just waking up, <laughs> literally shambling and groaning like a zombie.
0: Ah, oh, it's so good. You know what we should do tomorrow? Keep drinking. We'll have a bloody merry first thing. I'll bite at the king's head, couple of the little princess. We'll stagger back here. <laughs> back at the bar for shots. How's that for a slice of fried gold? No. Do you have a favorite quote from this movie? I know that's that's a pretty big ask, because there are so many iconic I, lines. I don't
1: I don't know. There's, there, there there are so many. I I do I do really love um like like you mentioned earlier, I, I do love Ed just saying, like, right after he dumped he got dumped by Liz, Ed just saying, well, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. And like that, that would be something and just, like, like that's not an extremely clever line. It's, like, right there. It's pretty obvious to say, like, oh, it's not the end of the world. Then, of course, it becomes the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But the way it's executed, I don't know. It seems it, it's, it's very, very well done. And I feel like it, it's a lot funnier than in any other movie. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, as soon as he finishes that line, a zombie, the first zombie you see yeah. in the whole movie like, hits the window, and, yeah. and that signals the start of the apocalypse, and, like, there's a big build-up to it, and I don't know, it's just very, it's satisfying in a way that, like, I feel is very unique to this movie, is the setup and payoff of that, of, of the shift from, like, a non-zombie world to all of a sudden there's zombies, and there's that one line to market it. well, it's not the end of the world, and then, of course... It is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. And I think going off of that you said it exactly what I was thinking where this film beautifully does mm. something that I feel like comedy like comedy films do especially well but has almost been forgotten about in more recent films is planting and payoff. Like we see it in more like top tier movies but exactly what you were saying like the planting and payoff in this film especially with the dialogue is so well done. I think um one of my favorite moments of that is we see Ed and Sean's relationship at the beginning of the film. and you know they've they're been best friends since, you know grade school. They're, they're champs or yeah, but um, <laughs> they uh, have like a bit where every time like Ed like silently farts in a room, <laughs> he'll look at Sean and go, "I'm so sorry, Sean." And then Sean will be confused. Like, and then, Ed, "Oh, it's
1: okay, Ed.
0: Yeah, And then Ed goes, "No. I'm sorry, Sean. And then Sean gets a whiff of what happened. And I love how this film sets that up in yeah. the first act in a world where everything is normal and then pulls that joke mm-hmm. back out at the very end when these two characters have like lost all hope, yeah. all will, you know, they're saying their final goodbyes to each other.
1: And it becomes such a human moment. Of yeah. this, like because like at the at the beginning of the movie it's kind of treated as something like immature and mm-hmm. stupid that Ed does. Yeah. That's supposed to make the the audience be like oh this guy's a deadbeat loser yeah who just like sits on his TV and makes fart jokes all day and that's all he brings to the table in yeah. his friendship with Sean but at the end like he makes that joke even when he's you know bleeding out yeah. and dying and it's just it becomes this you you understand why why Sean stuck with him this whole time yeah. it's because because it's just those little moments of like genuine human connection while everything around you kind of is falling apart and sh- crumbling, whether it be like, you know, your girlfriend is breaking up with you, your job sucks, you hate your stepdad, or you're, all of your friends and family are dying in the zombie apocalypse. It's like this very like simple, sweet friendship that holds it all together.
0: Yeah, see, that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Oh, I'm sorry, Sean. It's all right. No, no.
0: I'm sorry, Sean. Oh! Oh my god, that's rotten! If this movie were to be done today, do you think it would look different at all? Like, how do you think it's aged in the last, like, 15-esque? I think it's, like, 17-esque years?
1: Yeah, I think it's aged remarkably well, Mm because I think that the biggest thing that would probably be different would be, like, the role of social media, because, Mm -hmm. like, the movie is also very interested in how media operates during the, dur- during a, an apocalyptic event. Because yeah. you see, like, Ed and, and Sean, like, the first thing they do when they realize that the apocalypse is happening is they sit down and watch the news to see yeah. what's happening on TV. And you see, like, everyone's freaking out on the news, and they're, like, giving tips on how to, how to uh, kill zombies. And yeah. then at the end, though, it's, like, after everything resolves and everything goes back to normal, there's, like... Like, there's, like, reality shows with zombies and, like, people getting (laughs) interviewed. And there's, like, people interviewing people over, like, dating zombies. And it just becomes very stereotypical, like, early 2000s reality, like, mt late era MTV uh, culture. And I think that the only thing that would change is it would probably be relegated to the internet. Mm -hmm. Is you would see, like, YouTube videos of people, like, Mm. like messing with zombies and like, <laughs> and like talking about how they they are like dating their zombies or in love you'd see storytime vlogs of like how people would survive how people survived the zombie ap- apocalypse i think honestly that might be the only change
0: yeah Because even then, like, my, the biggest area I always look to is, like, how are the women depicted in this? And I, like, Liz is a fully formed character with agency and backstory and goals and obstacles. And, like, no, she's not, like, the primary character. She definitely becomes one as the film progresses. Um, But I appreciated her depiction.
1: Yeah. No, I I totally agree. And I, I think some of the jokes are a bit dated, like... Um, so there is some homophobia. <laughs> yes, there, yeah. Specifically on Ed's part. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I there's think the,
0: that... I think the one line in the bar where it's like, you're like, where'd your boyfriend go or something like yeah. that? And it's just like, oh, come on, man. Yeah.
1: It It is, it is kind of juvenile, very early 2000s, but like... Yeah, I, I think that in a modern movie, they probably would not have done that.
0: Maybe. I don't know. We do we do still see it sometimes. That's
1: true. We do still <laughs> see it sometimes, but uh maybe not to then, the same extent.
0: Yeah, it is, it's nice how they handled it, because rather than, like, the fact that they... I mean, it's mocking at the fact that a male friendship can't have intimacy, which is mm-hmm. a problem, because if anything, that's weird. You know, like, your friendship should have, like, intimacy and connection and, like admiration for one another but the fact that sean just responds to that like insult with like thanks babe in response to (laughs) ed getting him a beer i think is still a hysterical comeback to that
1: yeah and and i think you're right in some sense it does like it does kind of challenge those those tropes a bit (laughs) of like because like at the end they do have a genuine moment of like male intimacy not like romantic but like they they're very open and honest with each other mm-hmm. and like they vow it's they like um, hug yeah and they it's a they big it's sh- a big deal it's a big men. deal for that's straight men yeah they <laughs> you don't really you don't you don't see that a lot gotta even hug though your bros. bleeding out you gotta hug your bros. Sean,
0: how's it going? I um surviving. Do you have a, a favorite character in this film?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, my go-to would be Ed just because I think he's hilarious. And also I think they they had a silly goofy character without making him like unrelatable. Mm -hmm. Like he was still a person. Yeah. Like he was comic relief like for a lot of it, but also like he had motivations. He had like, there were moments of like genuine emotion and like his relationship with Sean is very real. Um, and I did like that, but I think I, I do want to give a shout out to David. Yeah. Because w- while I think I have never hated a character more he's so than bad. how I hate David in Shaun of the Dead, he's just the most stuck up, pompous, mm-hmm. like, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it's... I do really like how much the movie made me hate him. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah.
1: I, I think that, like, they did such a great job of of you, like, like, on a surface level, empathizing with him. Yeah. Because he's just kind of wrapped up. He's just mm-hmm. caught up in all of this craziness. While also making you hate him because he consistently makes the wrong decisions, yeah. says the wrong thing, is just, like, so stuck up and, like... Is so disingenuous, yeah. And like, I'm. I just really appreciate how much the movie made me hate him. And so,
0: <laughs> yeah. How do you think Shaun of the Dead has influenced your own work, or how would you like it to influence your own work?
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of comedic media. That also, like, I'm. I'm a big fan of satire, mm-hmm. and I think Shaun of the Dead is a great piece of satire, um, specifically like criticism of capitalism mm-hmm. i think is is the big satirical core of of Shaun of the Dead and um satire is something that i i want to get better at and something that i've been working on while writing for buzzsaw mm-hmm. i've been writing satire pieces for buzzsaw and i think that the use of like of of foreshadowing and um parallels between like Behavior before an apocalypse and behavior during an apocalypse, uh, is is very, like, can be a very powerful, pe- like, way of communicating mm-hmm. messages like that. And so I, I think Shaun of the Dead really, influenced me to examine how I can use that in my own satire.
0: As we wrap up here, are there any organizations or events or just things that you want people to be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah. Um, so. I, like I said, I'm, I'm the president of Sketch Comedy Club. So if you're at all interested in comedy writing, uh, that's the club to join. We'll help you with your, with your comedy writing. It's more of like, it's a writing workshop style club.
0: Awesome. So as I stated in the beginning of this episode, this is my last installment in my series focusing on the genre of comedy. Um, When I was planning out what I would do for this semester, I wanted to focus on comedy because as a woman in comedy, I feel the genre as a whole gets drastically overlooked when it comes to award seasons and critical acclaim. My goal was to be able to highlight the complexities within the genre of comedy and how it can be discussed in an intellectual space. I also wanted to be able to bring some light to some of the incredible comedians that we have here on campus and highlight Ithaca College's comedy community. To Massey and all of my other guests this semester, thank you so much for sharing your insight and thoughts. And a special thanks to all of you who have listened throughout this season. I hope to be back in the fall with even more hot takes and films to discuss. But until then, have a great summer. Check out theithican.org for more interesting and creative content. You can listen to any of the IthacaN podcasts wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at theithican.org. Thank you so much again. Thanks, Massey. Thank
1: you so much. (laughs)